promises you've broken to yourself All will be well You can ask me how, but only time will tell Hello and welcome to the Most Accurate Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gelhar. The Most Accurate Podcast is proud to be presented by FanDuel. Week 3 is here and we'll be entering our daily fantasy lineups on FanDuel, where there are more ways to win. Today's intro song was All Will Be Well by the Gabe Dixon Band off the group's 2005 EP, Live at World Cafe. I chose that song because I figured fantasy players across the world could stand to hear such encouraging words following what was undoubtedly one of the worst weeks in recent memory for injuries in the National Football League. As a result, the waiver wire is going to be more important than ever this week as we try to pick up the pieces of our shattered rosters and put them back together into a team that can contend for a title. I'm trying something a little different this week, as I'll be flying solo for the duration of this podcast. My hope is this new approach will be able to give you the information you need in a more concise fashion, as opposed to the back and forth that normally comes with a co-host. This way, I'll be able to cover more players with specific, actionable info for you to take to your league in terms of who to prioritize and how much free agent budget to spend on each player. This is an experiment, though, but if it works out well and you all like it, it may stick around in the coming weeks. But first, the news. Since I'll be talking about all these players' backups to pick up later in the show, this is simply going to be an update and uh, timeline for return for all of the many injuries from Week 2. Panthers running back Christian McCaffrey suffered a high ankle sprain and will be out for four to six weeks. New York Giants running back Saquon Barkley suffered a torn ACL, and his season is done. His teammate, wide receiver Sterling Shepard, looks to be missing a couple weeks with turf toe. 49ers running back Raheem Mostert suffered an MCL sprain and is expected to miss two to four weeks, but is undergoing further testing. His backfield mate Tevin Coleman also suffered a knee injury and is expected to miss multiple weeks. Their quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo, is considered week-to-week with an ankle sprain. Denver Broncos star-wide receiver Cortland Sutton tore his ACL and will miss the rest of the season. His quarterback, Drew Locke, suffered a rotator cuff strain and is expected to miss the next month, if not more. Indianapolis Colts wide receiver Paris Campbell avoided an ACL tear but injured his PCL and is currently out indefinitely. Jets wide receiver Brashad Perriman injured his ankle and is considered week to week. Rams running back Cam Akers left the game with a rib injury and did not return, and now we know he's been diagnosed with separated cartilage in his ribs in his day-to-day. The mysterious chest injury that kept Tyrod Taylor out of the starting lineup for the Chargers has him listed as week to week. To end on a few high notes, Buccaneers wide receiver Chris Godwin cleared concussion protocol and should return to action this week, and the hamstring injury that kept Packers receiver Devontae Adams out of most of the second half appears to be minor and his absence was more precautionary. I want to remind you guys that we now have a 4 for 4 subscriber-only Discord server. Discord is a chat app you can download on your desktop or phone, and in there you'll gain direct access to all of 4 for 4's best analysts, myself included where we do different chats and have different stats and discussions, but most importantly, we do weekly AMAs or Ask Me Anythings. Myself, TJ Hernandez, Chris Allen, Jennifer Eakins, and more do AMAs in the Discord server to give direct question and responses to you, our loyal subscribers. Every Tuesday at either 12 p.m. Eastern or 5 p.m. Eastern, I will do a waiver wire AMA. You can join in, ask me your direct, specific waiver wire questions, and I will answer as many of them as I can in the span of an hour. This week's will be at 12 p.m. Eastern, so be sure, to, be sure to subscribe to 444 and join the Discord server. You can Google 444 in Discord to find the link on our website. Now, as we dive into waiver wire pickups, remember the roster percentages are based on Yahoo Fantasy Leagues, and free agent budget recommendations are based on a $100 season-long budget. Each list I'll, rec- I'll recommend will be ranked from top priority to lowest priority. Here are my top quarterback ads of the week. Ryan Tannehill of the Titans, 45% rostered. 
Gardner Minshew of the Jaguars, 32%, Mitchell Trubisky of the Bears, 7%, Kirk Cousins of the Vikings, 34%, and Justin Herbert of the Chargers, 2%. Tannehill is the top pickup because he's not only playing really well, throwing six touchdowns with no interceptions and averaging 33.5 pass attempts per game, but he's facing a Vikings defense that ranks near the bottom of the league defending the pass. They were shredded by Aaron Rodgers in Week 1 and let Phillip Rivers and the Colts walk all over them in Week 2. Tannehill might be a one-week fill-in, though, as he has tough matchups the next two weeks after this one. Recommend around $5 on Tannehill. As for Minshew, he looks extremely comfortable in Jay Gruden's offense, confidently commanding the Jags up and down the field. He's thrown three touchdowns in both games and could make it three in a row against the Dolphins on Thursday night. Throw 3 or $5 at Minshew, and you've got a nice streaming option for Week 3. Those in deeper leagues could look to Trubisky to start, after he exploited a great matchup in Week 1, but then fell on his face in a great matchup in Week 2. However, he might have the best matchup of all coming up this week when he faces a Falcons defense that is responsible for both QB1 performances this season. Russell Wilson in Week 1, and Dak Prescott in Week 2. There's more risk when it comes to starting the biscuit, but those in deeper leagues could give him a look for a few free agent budget dollars. Speaking of risks, starting Cousins is risky, but with Tannehill being one of the top pickups this week, I believe the Titans could score points on the Vikings, which could put Cousins in a pass-heavy script. We saw him put up good fantasy points in Week 1 in a similar script against the Packers, but there is risk as he threw three interceptions and gave up a safety in Week 2 to the Colts. I wouldn't drop more than a dollar to roster Cousins this week. If Justin Herbert holds on to the starting job, he gets a wonderful matchup to prove he should keep that job for good as he faces a Panthers defense that has given up 30-plus points in each week this season. Only look to add Herbert in deeper or superflex leagues. There are way more running backs listed in my waiver wire watch column on 444.com, so I encourage you to check out the full write-up. But here are the top eight rushers to target this week who could be viable plays in Week 3. Joshua Kelly with the Chargers, 39%. Mike Davis for the Panthers, 1%. Jarek McKinnon for the 49ers, 22%. Miles Gaskin for the Dolphins, 15%. Daryl Henderson for the Rams, 31%. Devonta Freeman, a free agent, at 11%. Frank Gore for the Jets, at 14%. And Dan Lewis for the Giants, at 5%. Joshua Kelly has quickly emerged as a big role player for the Chargers, playing 52% of the snaps in Week 2 while handling 25 touches. He and Austin Eckler are seeing a ton of work, and if Herbert stays healthy, that's good news for them, as he targeted the duo seven times compared to just one from Tyrod Taylor in Week 1. $20 isn't too much to toss at Kelly, as he's an every-week play. Mike Davis becomes a top ad this week with Christian McCaffrey sideline. Davis is a journeyman veteran, but he caught all eight of his targets in Week 2 for 74 yards, most of which came after CMC left the game with his injury. It's possible Reggie Bonifan, CMC's backup last year, gets into the mix, but Davis appears to be at worst the 1A, if not the outright workhorse in this backfield. $20 is a fair price for him, and I even threw 23 at him in a league, hoping to do the trick. Jarek McKinnon has looked good in limited action, and it's great to see him on the field after two seasons where he missed all of the playing time with injuries. And now the stage may be all his with Mostert and Coleman down for the 49ers. A dual threat option with lightning fast speed, McKinnon will be in play as an RB2 next week when the Giants host the 49ers. He's also worth at least $20. Dolphins running back Miles Gaskin might seem like a surprising pick, but he's currently the RB23 PPR formats thanks to 10 receptions for 62 yards through two games. The Dolphins don't figure to have many leads, and Gaskin's playing a lot of time in this backfield, so his role and passing volume look secure. $15, maybe even a few less, will do the trick for Gaskins. It'd be nice if the Rams condensed their backfield a little bit. Last week it was Malcolm Brown, this week it was Daryl Henderson. I wouldn't go crazy on free agent budget adding Henderson, maybe 10 to $15, as this looks like a full-blown committee. But with the Rams' offense back to its high-scoring ways, we want pieces of this offense on our team, so Henderson is worth picking up. Even though Devonta Freeman is currently a free agent, now is the time to add him, as he's reportedly circling a few teams. 
If he lands with the Giants or Jets, for instance, he'd likely fall right into a starting-sized workload within a week or two. That's worth at least $10 or so as a speculative ad. And while we're talking about the Jets and Giants, Frank Gore and Deion Lewis round out the top eight. I wouldn't go higher than 5 to maybe $10 to grab either. Gore has volume for now, but the Jets' offense looks inept, and Gore will likely need a touchdown to return solid fantasy output to your lineup. Lewis is a great pass catcher, which is why he makes the list over Wayne Gallman. Gallman is just a guy, and he's never really been able to cash in when he receives opportunities in this Giants offense historically. Since the Giants seem likely to add a veteran, I really don't want any part of Gallman this week off of waivers. If I were to add a Giant, I'd rather have Lewis thanks to his pass-catching prowess and the fact that the Giants figure to be passing a ton this season. Remember to check the full write-up on 444.com for the rest of my suggested running back ads this week. Okay, before jumping into the rest of the waiver wire picks, I need to remind you that the Most Accurate Podcast is proud to be presented by FanDuel. Week 3 of the NFL season is here, and we are entering our fantasy lineups on FanDuel. If you've never played before, then good news, as FanDuel is offering users the chance to play free this NFL season with no deposit required. And if traditional daily fantasy seems daunting, there are now daily snake drafts, which are the simplest way to try daily fantasy. You draft just like a season-long league, but with winners every day, giving you the best of seasonal drafting with DFS all in one package. Here's how it works. You find a daily snake draft, then you draft your team live, as the draft will start once the contest fills. You and your opponents each draft six players in a six-round draft with 30 seconds per pick. There is no salary cap like in other daily fantasy contests. Personally, I'm pumped to try more of these because I love doing snake drafts, and draft day is usually one of my favorites of the year for my main fantasy leagues. And this new format gives me a chance to get that action back in my life every single week. Sign up for FanDuel, and they will give you a free entry to a contest each week of the season where you can win real prizes. Plus, for those who want to dive right in, FanDuel is offering up to a $500 bonus instantly when you make your first deposit with a 20% deposit match. Go to FanDuel.com T-M-A-P or download the FanDuel Fantasy app to play now. Again, that is FanDuel.com T-M-A-P. FanDuel, more ways to win. Moving on to wide receivers, here are my top 15 recommendations for week three. Robbie Anderson for the Panthers, 63%. Deshaun Jackson for the Eagles, 48%. Brandon Cooks for the Texans, 56%. Corey Davis for the Titans, 42%. Preston Williams for the Dolphins, 35%. Traquan Smith for the Saints, 13%. Al Lazard and Marquez Veldes-Scantling for the Packers, 47 and 36%. Russell Gage for the Falcons, 22%. Golden Tate for the Giants, 36%. KJ Hamler for the Broncos, 1%. Nikhil Harry for the Patriots, 27%. Michael Hardman for the Chiefs, 36%. Michael Pittman Jr. for the Colts, 15%. Keelan Cole for the Jaguars, 3%. When it comes to those top three, Robbie Anderson, Deshaun Jackson, and Brandon Cooks, all are rostered in more leagues than I would traditionally allow for this column. But since it's only week two, and they're each performing well or in new situations, I kind of wanted to give them a little love. Anderson has caught 15 of his 18 targets for 224 yards and a touchdown through two weeks. He's got a ton of playing time and a massive air yard share in a Panthers offense that will be passing a lot. Deshaun Jackson turned nine targets into six catches for 64 yards in week two and saw his playing time jump from 54% to 78%. As for Brandon Cooks, Will Fuller appears to be battling a hamstring injury, and Cooks caught five of his team-high eight targets for 95 yards in the Texans' loss to the Ravens. I don't think it's out of the question to throw 20 to 25 free agent budget dollars at any of these three guys. Corey Davis appears to be the Titans' number one wide receiver, while A.J. Brown works his way back from a bone bruise in his knee. Davis made the most of his limited opportunities in Week 2, catching three of his five targets for 36 yards and a touchdown. The Titans play a porous Viking secondary, giving Davis wide receiver 2 slash wide receiver 3 upside in Week 3. I wouldn't be afraid to throw 15 to $16 at Davis. Same goes for Preston Williams, even though he had just one catch for 26 yards against the Bills. That's because he was shadowed by Tredavious White, 
an excellent shutdown corner. The Dolphins take on the Jags on Thursday night, and I expect Williams to bounce back. Traquan Smith filled in well for Michael Thomas in Week 2, catching five of his seven targets for 84 yards. Smith looks to be a big part of this Saints offense moving forward and could see more work when the Saints play against the Packers in Week 3. Speaking of the Packers, Alan Lazard and Marquez Veldes-Scantling are both good pickups. Lazard is the safer floor as he plays more snaps, but MVS has the higher upside as he gets those deep, uh, high upside targets. But with Devontae Adams' hamstring injury not appearing to be serious, a little bit of the bloom has fallen off their roses. I'd still throw $15 to add them to my teams as the Packers appear to be one of the higher scoring offenses in the league. Russell Gage appears to be the real deal for the Falcons, as he trails only Calvin Ridley in targets through two weeks. He had a nice six-catch, 46-yard, one-touchdown line in Week 2, and he's seen 12 targets and 9 targets in the two weeks this season. He's especially valuable in PPR leagues, and I would throw at least $10 in my free agent budget to grab him. I'd throw the same amount at Golden Tate, as in his first game back for the Giants, he played 62% of the snaps and caught all five of his targets for 47 yards. With Sterling Shepard likely to miss time and Saquon Barkley out for the year, Tate's role could increase moving forward. The Broncos are going to need K.J. Hamler to step up with Cortland Sutton out. While Hamler only caught three passes for 48 yards, he commanded over 22% of the Broncos' air yards and is a big play threat thanks to his speed and dynamic ability after the catch. Hamler's a little bit more of a volatile add, especially since he'll be catching passes from Jeff Driscoll for the time being, but I really like his upside and wouldn't be afraid to throw close to $10 at him on the waiver wire. Nikhil Harry for the Patriots caught 8 of his 12 targets for 72 yards on Sunday and appears to have the trust of Cam Newton despite some up-and-down play and drops. Harry and the Patriots have a great matchup in Week 3 against the Raiders, so I like his upside as a fringe wide receiver 3 flex play. Mikol Hardman is more of a speculative ad after Sammy Watkins left Week 2 with a concussion. Hardman's snaps jumped from 29% in Week 1 to 65% in Week 2 with Watkins out of the lineup. Uh, If Watkins is going to miss Week 3... Hardman becomes a nice option as a wide receiver for or flex, especially when the Chiefs play the high-scoring Ravens offense on Monday Night Football this week. Michael Pittman Jr. saw his role in the Colts offense increase when Paris Campbell went down with a knee injury. He caught four of his six targets for 37 yards and offers Phillip Rivers a nice big-bodied target in the passing game. The Colts have a great matchup in Week 3 against the Jets, so Pittman should be on your radar as somebody to add. Last but not least, Keelan Cole for the Jaguars has caught 11 of his 12 targets this season for 105 yards and two touchdowns. He has five-plus catches in both games and has scored in both games. He looks to have the number two spot in this offense down on lock and has the trust of his young quarterback. He'll be a nice wide receiver three-slash-flex option when the Jaguars play the Dolphins on Thursday night football. Now to close things out, we go to the tight end position. Logan Thomas leads the way for the football team, 32% rostered. Dalton Schultz is next for the Cowboys, 1% rostered. Mo Cox for the Colts comes in third, also at 1% rostered. Jordan Reed for the 49ers, 7% rostered. Drew Sample for the Bengals, 1% rostered. Jordan Akins for the Texans, 2% rostered. Robert Tanyan for the Packers, 0% rostered. And last but not least, Tyler Eifert, Jaguars, 10% rostered. The case for Thomas leading the way is simple. Volume. He's seen 27% of Dwayne Haskins' targets so far, which is more of a top-tier wide receiver target share as opposed to a tight end target share. He also has a great matchup in Week 3 facing the Browns, who gave up 5 catches for 58 yards and 2 touchdowns to Mark Andrews in Week 1, and then a combined 11 catches for 87 yards and a touchdown to the Bengals' tight ends in Week 2. He and Dalton Schultz are both worth at least $5 in my eyes from your budget. As when Blake Jarwin went down with a season-ending knee injury, I initially balked at the idea of picking up Schultz, and I'm sorry for that. Schultz was great on Sunday, catching 9 of 10 targets for 88 yards and a touchdown. Dak Prescott is averaging 43 passes per game right now, and with a date with Seattle and their high-flying offense on the horizon, Schultz will certainly be in streaming consideration. Mo Cox filled in great for Jack Doyle, catching five of his team-high six targets for 111 yards. 
if Doyle is going to remain out, Mo Cox will be a starting tight end next week when the Colts face the Jets. Three to five dollars should be enough to get him off the waiver wire. Meanwhile, even if George Kittle returns for the 49ers, Jordan Reed could still be in play. He caught seven of his team-high eight targets for 50 yards and two scores in Week 2. Given the rest of the injuries to the 49ers offense, Raheem Mostert, Tevin Coleman, a bunch of their wide receivers, Reed might still factor in even if Kittle returns. I like him for 3 to $5 as a nice uh, pickup in deeper leagues. Drew Sample filled in for the injured C.J. Uzama in Week 2, catching seven passes for 45 yards. He appears to have the trust of his young quarterback in Joe Burrow, and I like his upside in Week 3 when the Eagles come to town to face the Bengals. The Eagles just gave up three touchdowns to Tyler Higby, giving Drew Sample some nice streaming upside in that offense. While Darren Fell scored a touchdown for Houston on Sunday, Jordan Akins is still the tight end to own. He's playing more time and seeing more volume, as he caught all seven of his targets for 55 yards in Week 2. The Texans play the Steelers in Week 3, and Deshaun Watson may need to dump the ball off quickly to avoid that high-powered pass rush which puts Aikens in play for some nice volume. Robert Tanyan, a.k.a. Baby Kittle, as John Paulson affectionately calls him, only caught two catches for 25 yards and a touchdown in Week 2. But Josiah DeGuara, the Packers rookie, missed the game with a shin injury, and Jay Sternberger had a couple drops. Tanyan's role might increase in the offense as he's playing 60-plus percent of the snaps, especially given that the Packers could be in a high-scoring shootout against the Saints in Week 3. Tanyan's really more of a deep streamer, though, or somebody to look for in tight end premium leagues. Last but not least, Tyler Eifert for the Jags, 10% rostered. Eifert saw just one target in Week 1, but then saw six in Week 2, catching three for 36 yards and a touchdown. Think he's going to be a volatile play in the Jags' offense, as Minshew is spreading the ball around so much, but with a potentially high-scoring game on the docket against the Dolphins in Week 3, Eifert could be a deep streamer as well. Now as a little bonus, I'll throw out a couple defenses I like this week, as that's something I don't normally include in my written column. One of the best picks is the Cardinals, if you picked them up to stream last week against the Washington football team. They host the Detroit Lions this week, who are an injury-ravaged, kind of pedestrian offense. The Cardinals should be able to put up points on the Lions' defense, forcing the Lions into a pass-heavy script, where we could see some sacks and turnovers, not unlike what the Lions did in Week 2 against the Packers. And if you need a deeper pickup, I like the Washington football team this week on the road against the Browns. The Browns looked good on Thursday Night Football against the Bengals, but the Bengals' defense is ravaged with injuries, especially along the defensive line. In Week 1, the Ravens completely dominated the line of scrimmage against the Browns, forcing Mayfield into a number of sacks and turnovers. Few teams can match the Washington football team in terms of talent in the front seven, so I like their chances to get after Baker Mayfield and put up a decent fantasy day. All right, everybody, that's going to do it for me. I hope you enjoyed the new format. Please don't forget to like, subscribe, and review the show. It really helps. Share it with your friends and family. And if you're a subscriber, be sure to join that Discord chat so you can get direct access to me for my WaverWare AMA later today and every Tuesday moving forward. Good luck in week three, everybody. Survive the injuries, manage the waiver wire, and I'll see you next week. All will be well Even after all the promises you've broken to yourself All will be well You can ask me how, but only time will tell